0: He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Last week, my wife uh, delivered my sermon for me, and I thank her for doing that. And introduce this idea of longing. Advent is a season of longing, not just wanting. That's what we think happens at Christmas. We want this thing in the newspaper and this thing on Black Friday. But no, what are you longing for? What does your gut ache for? What desires do you have deep down, maybe even unknown, that impact the decisions you make and the actions that you take? Psychology has tried to answer these questions of what really drives behavior. There was this guy named Sigmund Freud whose answer was that people pursue pleasure and avoid pain. Now Freud had some really way, weird ways of defining how we define pleasure and pain. And I, I think he's onto something, right? I think a lot of people want pleasure but don't want pain. But there's a couple of problems with that longing. Number one, pain and pleasure have diminishing returns. If you go on a roller coaster once, it might be great. By the fifth time, it's not as fun. Pleasure doesn't stay pleasurable time after time after time, with one notable exception that we're not going to talk about in church. I've also known plenty of people, and you probably have too, that seem to pursue pain and avoid pleasure. Have you ever seen these people? They're weird, but they're out there. Another another psychologist named Abram Maslow proposed a hierarchy of needs, that there are certain base things that everybody needs, the, the base one being physiological needs. We need food and shelter. Above that, we need safety. We need to feel secure. Above that, we need to be loved and belong somewhere. Eventually, we need self-esteem and self-actualization. We need to fulfill a purpose. But of course, I've seen people that seem to mix those up too, right? They pursue the appearance with others at the expense of some of their own needs. Another psychologist, Viktor Frankl, who was a Jewish survivor of Nazi death camps, wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, and he said ultimately what people want is to find meaning and purpose in their lives. Well, I think that's kind of true, but I also think that's a little bit vague. I'm not sure totally what meaning is, and I'm not sure if that's really what people desire, why people spend so much time on utterly meaningless pursuits. On one hand, I think what we long for is ultimately individualistic, right? You've been through experiences. You've had influences in your life. You've had successes and failures that probably shape what you long for. But at the same time, I think there are certain things that everybody longs for. Now, some of those are probably not good. The the Bible says in Jeremiah 17 that the heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Some of our longings are probably not good longings. Other longings present us challenges. Paul says in Romans chapter 7. For I do not understand my own actions. What I do not want to do. uh, For what I do not do. What I want. But I do the very thing that I hate. So sometimes we long for stuff. But we pursue other things just because we're sinful. But even with these challenges, I think there are certain things that everybody longs for. And I'm convinced one of the big ones in our world and in our lives right now is peace. I think we desperately long for peace. Think about all the world conflicts that we see right now. Disagreements between countries, nuclear programs, The threat of things like radical Islam and ISIS that are real threats. We see them, we hear about them, and they make us nervous. It's not just world peace either. On a national level, we long for peace. Have you noticed that shootings are barely news anymore? Used to be when there was a school shooting, some kind of big shooting. For weeks, you heard about it in the news. Now it's barely a blip On the radar. Some of you may remember being kids. And uh, having to do bomb practices in school. Now kids have to do lockdown practices. They have to prepare for the potential. of, Of somebody who is armed being in their school. What kind of world do we live in. When we need to train our children. For such an eventuality. Politically, we seem so divided. I'm not sure I can take this political stuff for another 11 months. I'm just not sure I can do it. We're so divided. We're so hostile. We're that way in our churches. So many churches are divided. Denominations are falling apart. And what about our homes? How many people have split families? How much abuse are you aware of in the world around you? Seems to be growing. How much divorce? How many neglected children? I'm amazed when you talk to teachers how many of them sometimes have to bring in breakfast for students. Or toothbrushes for students. Because they don't have their basic needs met. Probably every one of us have sides or parts of our family we don't really talk to anymore. I think we want peace. I think we're tired of running. I think we're tired of our world being so crazy. When the the Bible says peace, though, it's a really loaded term. In the Old Testament, what's the Hebrew word for peace? It's the one Hebrew word some people know. Shalom, A people are saying, it. shalom. But shalom means so much more than peace. Shalom means to be complete, to be whole, to be sound. Shalom means so much more than peace. It means the world is right. It's complete. It's lacking nothing. It can mean soundness, welfare, peace, health, prosperity, happiness can even be a word used for friendly tranquility, quiet contentment it can refer to a covenant where we make peace between two warring families or warring nations they find shalom it's similar to the word shalom to be safe in mind, body or estate to be complete make amends to finish or to complete In the Old Testament, and even in Israel today, shalom is a greeting. Shalom, when you meet somebody or when you leave somebody, you say shalom. Peace, welfare, prosperity. The New Testament Greek term for peace, irene, really means peace between nations. But the Christians that talk about peace obviously have shalom in mind. And part of the promise of the prophets is that when the Messiah will come, there will be shalom. There will be peace. Think about these amazing images from our text today. They shall beat their swords into plowshares. Their spears into pruning hooks. Nobody's going to need, when this kind of peace comes, nobody's going to need weapons anymore. So you might as well take your swords and use them as farming implements. You might as well take your spears and use them to prune trees. Because you don't have to fight anymore. Or the text we saw last week in Isaiah 11. Listen to these words. The wolf shall, lie, shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the young goat. And the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together. And the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra and the wean child shall put his hands on the adder's den. There will be no more pred- predators when Shalom is finally here. No more predators. No more lion eating lambs. Everybody's going to be vegetarians. No more fighting. No more worrying about your children's or children around poisonous things or around predators. That kind of peace we want. We long for. To be complete. Don't we long that for that in our own lives too? Let's put aside world peace for a second. How many of you have used phrases about yourself that express a lack of shalom? Right? You ever felt scatterbrained? Like you're going in too many directions, multitasking, missing something, coming unglued, how to screw loose. Right? We long for Shalom in our own lives too. We would like to be healthy, to be strong, to be whole, to be able to handle our lives. And yet Shalom seems as much exclusive and elusive in our own lives as it does in the world, it's hard to find peace. It seems especially hard in December leading up to Christmas. There's so much to do. Work has deadlines and goals. Presents need to be purchased. Travel plans need to be made. The lines are longer and slower everywhere. It drives me crazy. Traffic seems to be more of a problem. There's increased hustle and craziness in this time. It's odd, isn't it? We seem to understand that at Christmas we ought to be thinking about peace. We put it up on a banner. We talk about it. We think we should be finding peace. We long for Christmas Eve to sing Silent Night. And yet the world seems more crazy. We find peace if we find peace. It doesn't seem to last. Whenever I think about peace, I'm drawn back to my experience with martial arts. I've done martial arts for a long time. And one of the principles of martial arts is what's called mind like still water or mind like no mind. There's a great scene in one of my favorite movies, The Last Samurai, where Tom Cruise is learning how to fight with a and a wooden sword. And he's doing terrible. He's way behind the speed of the fight. And uh, <clears throat> the, one of the other samurai come over to him. He says, too many mind. And Tom Cruise looks at him and says, too many mind? But the, the guy says, too many mind. Mind the sword. Mind the opponent. Mind the people watching. Too many mind. And then he says, no mind. That is Shalom. The idea of clearing your head. The psalmist says it this way. He leads me beside still waters. One of the ways this is tested in martial arts, by the way, is in breaking. A lot of people, when they, when they see on TV or something, people breaking boards or breaking bricks, what they think is, well, that's really testing people's power. But I'm here to tell you that that is not what breaking tests. I've seen plenty of people who have enough power. It's not that hard to get enough power to break. I've seen plenty of people that have enough power but still can't break. Okay? Or maybe it's technique. We're testing technique. But I've seen plenty of people with bad technique that can break. Plenty of people with good technique that can't break a brick or a block or something like that. No. Breaking tests your mind. Because when you go to break a board, or when you go to break a brick, You have to clear your mind and go for it. You can't think. You can't hit the board or hit the brick. You got to let loose and go through it. And if you don't, it doesn't happen. I'm convinced that the same problem most people have, breaking bricks or breaking boards, they have in their lives. They want to do it with power. They want to find peace by having power. What we need is a bigger army. Think about the debates over guns right now, right? Some people think they want to have power by having guns. Other people want to have power by controlling guns. What about technique? If only we had better education, or we had more awareness. We do the same thing in our personal lives. If only we could work harder, put a few more hours in, get a few more things accomplished, have a little more money, a few more presents or technique. If only I had a new planner, a new schedule, a better strategy, then my family would get together. Then my life would calm down. But listen, part of the Christmas lesson is that shalom doesn't come with power. Jesus doesn't come with all this mighty power and earthly ability to get stuff done. He comes in a manger He doesn't fix the challenges of the world by controlling this big uh, kingdom on earth. He goes around and touches the lives of individuals that he sees along the way. I'm not saying that that we shouldn't think hard about the issues of guns or violence or world peace, how we handle our families, how we worry about our kids in school. Those are all real issues. Here's what I am saying. Don't hear me taking a side on these issues. Here's what I am saying. If you're waiting to find peace when world peace comes together, be prepared to be waiting a long time. If you think you're going to finally find your peace, your shalom, when the politicians all get together and agree on something and get our nation going in the right direction, be prepared to wait a long time. I'm convinced. What most people are doing is they're trying to find shalom in the world out there. They're trying to get as much work done as they can. They're trying to get ahead. They're trying to figure out where the politics are going. And I'm telling you that shalom for Christians doesn't come that way. Shalom for Christians come in here when we call and finally trust the Prince of Peace. And he's got us, that we're okay, that we're his, that we're never gonna get enough done, that we're never gonna find enough peace in this world until he comes again. And in the meantime, we've gotta calm ourselves here. We've got to trust. And I know that doesn't make sense. And I know that doesn't fit the logic of the world. But guess what? The Bible calls the peace we're pursuing a peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't have to make sense to the world. I'm telling you, that's the only way it's going to come. And Jesus modeled that for us in a manger. Jesus will come back. Someday the lion will lie down with the lambs. Someday guns will be made into farming tools. But until then, if you want peace, you're not going to find it in power. You're not going to find it in the world out there. The only way you're going to find it Is by really following the Prince of Peace in here. That's my prayer for you this Christmas. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your grace that you are the Prince of Peace and that you come to us to give us peace. Help us to find that peace, help us to stop striving for it by working harder or gaining more power, or worrying about things that we have no control over. But help us to learn just to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.